We always say seat time is king, so sit on down and listen in to Motorsports Tech Talk with your hosts, Brian and Eric. Eric, how's it going? I'm doing all right. Buddy, how about you? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, the race season keeps approaching faster and faster, it seems like, every week, which is good. Yeah. But maybe also not good when there's a lot of stuff left to do on the car. But, you know, all the major essential stuff on the Miata is done. It's more the, the, the goodies that I want to add to it. So right. I can always hold off on s- certain things until the next race. But, but uh, yeah, I'm going to have to kick it up a gear in the next couple couple in the next two weeks but yeah i gotta get your put yeah. your shit together yeah yeah i do I, that i do then i do um and and then then i gotta shake off all that rust uh, from from the off season which kind of is what inspired today's uh episode we wanted to kind of talk about things we learned in the off season that can help uh, try to keep a uh, keep our tools sharp uh, at least from a driving yeah. and racing standpoint yeah or at least things you can do in the off season right but yeah yeah so exactly so i mean getting started with the most direct thing or maybe the most common we'll start that way the most common thing I've seen that people try and do to stay quote unquote sharp in the off season, uh, is to do some sim racing. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I racing is probably the most popular you have, you have I racing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you actually, you've, you've mentioned it before that you, uh, recently built a sim ring. Tell me, Tell me about them, I guess, you know, uh, yours and, you know, where you can see uh, some improvements for yourself, right, for keeping that rust mm-hmm. off or maybe where you can save money instead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, when I first started out with trying out sim racing, I, I just went kind of cheap, as, as cheap as possible, kind of entry level. And it's definitely, I mean, you can get most of the kind of experience and most of the kind of effects of, of doing the sim racing with a kind of a budget setup. So I was just using like a Logitech G25 steering wheel and pedals and, you know, they work great. Um, I used iRacing and then I just, yeah, mounted all to my desk and just used my regular desk chair and, you know, it all worked. It wasn't ideal. Um, kind of the biggest, the biggest things that I felt needed to be improved was, was braking because the, the, usually the cheaper, cheaper pedal sets use a uh, linear potentiometer to, to, I guess, give you, give, give the game brake feedback versus a load cell and the more expensive ones, which kind of gives you a, I mean, when you, when you press the brakes, it's not really dependent on the position of the pedal. It's, you know, it's about the pressure. Yeah. Uh, that you're putting into the pedal, so which is what you think be looking it, for in real life. It was life, always right. Yeah, yeah. So. so it's it's really hard. It was really hard for me to kind of adjust to that because it it didn't. You know, my brain didn't really think that way when using a that kind of pedal. You mm-hmm. definitely could. You can learn it. You know, once you do it enough times, it'll it'll still become kind of muscle memory. Although it's 
position-based instead of force-based. So I think the muscles are a little better at, you know, at forces than positions. But, um, right. but yeah, I mean, um, but yeah, for several years, I mainly used it for kind of learning new tracks since, you know, when I'm first starting out, there's not really any tracks that I knew. So every time before an event, especially in ones that have limited kind of practice or testing time, if any, um, I would like to, you know, try out the tracks and get a, get kind of a, uh, a first look at it from, you know, kind of the eyes of the, of a, from the driver's seat, although it's, you know, not perfect and everything and it's not the same exact car of course mm-hmm. but uh you know it really helps to get a look at the track but um but yeah this off season i decided i wanted to kind of invest heavily into a nicer uh, sim rig setup so that in in the off season i could do more actual racing than just kind of lapping and practicing new tracks so so yeah i went i went a lot i i unfortunately because of the setup and how kind of complicated it was it, it took basically most of the off season to finish it yeah but um but now now it's ready now it's ready for next season so um yeah i just went i went to a kind of more actual standalone kind of chassis uh, so i could mount everything and be solid and have a nice kind of seat in there to make it feel more realistic uh i went with a nicer set of pedals with uh with a load cell brake pedal um, I nice, went with nice. a direct, direct drive steering wheel, which just, it can, it, it can apply a lot higher forces than my old wheel. Probably like, I think like 10 times more or something along yeah, yeah, those lines. Nice. So yeah. quite a bit more feedback. So if you're, if you're trying to drive a car that doesn't have power steering, um, in real life, then it's kind of a better kind of simulation of that. doesn't necessarily make you faster in the sim game, but I think it makes you, it makes it just more realistic. So ultimately I, I went, I went for as realistic as possible. So I also added a, uh, it's called a butt kicker. So it, it basically, it's just a speaker that, that shakes, shakes the rig when you're going over curbs and stuff. Cause I wanted, I just wanted as much feeling and, and everything as possible. And then to top it all off, I got a, uh, a VR headset to try to, to really bring home the realism. So, I mean, all, all of that isn't necessary, I think. For it definitely isn't necessary for for trying like iRacing or Seto Corsa or any sort of competitive online racing. Um, but for me, it was trying to make it as realistic as possible, make it as fun as possible, so I could enjoy doing it for hours and hours on end, basically. So yeah, um, but yeah, I think it's it's definitely a good way to you know, good way to practice over the off season since, you know, most, especially in, in Michigan here, all tracks are closed till April, basically first week of April. So, and as early as October. So it's, there's a pretty big off season here. So yeah, outside of traveling down South, there's, there's really no racing you can do it other than, which we'll talk about in a little bit, indoor karting, um, as well as other forms of indoor racing. Um, but, kind of staying on sim racing yeah i mean I, I think there's a couple main benefits one uh one is of course learning tracks you don't know or or, or practicing practicing them uh, i think that's that's one area of course it's never going to be exactly applicable because you, you don't have all those g-forces and everything that you're going to have in real life but 
it, it, I, I found it definitely helps. Um, I mean, one, one story I've, uh, I don't know if I've told on here, but I've definitely told the friends and everything that, that are curious about like I racing and stuff. But my first ever race was at the VIR 24 with champ car, where I used champ car at the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I really, I, I'd driven the car. It was the GWR E30. I'd driven it at some track days and stuff, but never wheel to wheel. And, and we went to VIR and it was my first time there as well. So I did a ton of iRacing uh, leading up to it, you know, a couple weeks of it, like kind of every night. And when I went out there, I was able to, at least for the first few drivers, set the fastest lap, even though, you know, I'd, they, I don't think they had been there either. So that's, you know. Yeah, but they, I mean, even if they haven't been there, that illustrates that you're ahead of people who didn't do it, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so ultimately I didn't set the, the fastest for the car, but, you know, the first couple of stints I, I was holding the fastest lap, so I was pretty proud of that. And, and yeah, I felt there was a lot of corners where I was like, okay, I know I can, in in the sim, in, in iRacing, I knew I could take this corner flat or I could not, I didn't have to break through this one. I could just lift or, you know, roughly understanding what gears I would need to be in. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, it was really helpful to just trust, trust that I was able to do it in the video game with similar kind of grip and similar, you know, basically the, the MX five cup car in there was running very similar lap times to what we were expecting. So I knew that everything would be pretty close as far as, um, between that and real life. So it, it just helped me see like, okay, through here, like I said, I could be flat. I can, you know, I need it, not necessarily like, you know, some areas where it definitely was very car specific was like brake zones and brake markers, right, right. things like that. But as far as just general knowing how much speed I could carry and, you know, and some of the corners are blind and everything, just knowing kind of setting up your reference points ahead of time definitely helped. Yeah. So it, it helped. It really, it really helped get me not have to worry as much about learning the track as much as, you know, learning to drive around other people and, and not have any incidents and anything like that. So, which is another um, valuable skill yeah. for sure. And that kind of leads to my, I think next pro of iRacing is that it, I think it can help with racecraft. Um, it's definitely still going to be, it's definitely going to still be more beneficial to do more real life racing. Like, you know, one real life race versus one sim race isn't going to be equivalent for kind of expanding your racecraft, but any, mm-hmm. I think it anything helps because I mean, part of racecraft for me is knowing how your car operates offline. Cause that's usually where you're going to need to make a pass. But then there's also just the knowing where to put your car in order to try to make that pass. And I think that portion of it, the second, the latter there is uh, is definitely definitely could be learned in sim racing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I think that's the other, I guess, major benefit. And then, and then overall, I guess if you're if you're just looking to relax after a long day, you could you know watch YouTube's or right. you could play Call of Duty or whatever and or whatever Xbox or PlayStation, but. I don't know if you could also do sim racing and I think, you know, it's ever so slightly more productive if you're looking to hone your racing. So it's, it's still, it's a fun way to pass the time and can also be beneficial. So, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. 
Um, no, and it's it's nice to be able to try new things. And if you screw up, you just hit the reset button, right? You didn't want up a car. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But yeah, I mean, I, I think the the racecraft is big. Um, and I guess my personal something I didn't like about them previously, I've I've since seen the light, is um, you obviously don't feel the outside world, right? There's no mm-hmm. really, there's just no acceleration, right? Um, yeah. So. Uh, I didn't really like that. And then I've driven a few sim rigs where the, either the setup keeps changing, um, or I just didn't like it. You know what I mean? So whatever they're using to control, uh, the steering on that lag, you know, um, well, it wasn't great. And, uh, I guess most of the pedals I've used are, uh, position based, right? Like you had mentioned before. So there's none Mm -hmm. of that you know, quote unquote, like feedback through the road. Um, but yeah, after using some rigs, I liked good ones, very fancy ones. Right. <laughs> like I've been in the pro drivers, you know, multi-million dollar sim rigs, which is sweet. Uh, those are the greatest, but, um, <laughs> seeing as everybody can't afford to have one of those in their basement, uh, Good rigs in general, you know, like yours. Um, I learned, I guess I'm just trying to think of how to phrase this, but uh, I've learned to like them simply because using them, I learned that we rely on our eyes um, a lot more than you kind of expect. You know what I mean? For driving. I know that sounds kind of silly or kind of stupid because you know people always say vision 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 and you're supposed to be looking through to the next corner and um so we know that eyes are important but most people myself included think that when you're driving a car a lot of what you're doing is based off of feedback through like the seat right um Mm -hmm. you can feel the outside acceleration on your body um but i think surprisingly a lot more of your driving is based off of uh visual cues right sort of like a yaw mm-hmm. rate you can see you know versus what you might expect i i, th- I think it's just a surprising amount um or more yeah. than i expected so so now i mean i think they're i think they're great you know any any sort of practice um like that helps so yeah, and I guess when I went in with this sim rig, I, part of the justification for me is, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a lot of money. Like, maybe I could buy, like, a caged Miata or something for the same price of it. Um, not a full spec Miata. You know, those are, you got the spec Miata tax on those. But, uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, like you get, like, a, a a someone's track project car and then go out and race it for less. Um, but... You know, the the way I looked at it is, I mean, this thing runs on, you know, relatively cheap electricity. You know, there's no tires and gas or anything else and right. really low to no maintenance. And, uh, <laughs> yep. and yeah, I can, I can 
get hours and hours of racing, although it's not the real thing, but I can get hours and hours of it. And really overall, the cost is quite low over time. Right. And just how we started this when your off season is October through April, that's, you know, Mm -hmm. however many months that is, I'm six, I don't know, um, more than that. But yeah, that's, that's time you otherwise, if you had bought a cage Miata instead, you wouldn't have been practicing. So, yeah. You know. Yeah. And then every time your car breaks or you lose track time there, you know, that's can be expensive and, you know, and, you know, waste, waste your time a bit too. So, right. Yeah. There's, there's definitely, you know, I wouldn't suggest cause just completely, I guess, I mean, you could, you could just do sim racing and, and no real racing, but you know, I think all of us, uh, you know, on the motorsports tech talk <laughs> podcast here, <laughs> where obviously we love, you know, we love racing. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a good, it's a good, it's just a good way to get more of it. It's just a different, definitely a different type. And, but every year it just, I feel like it gets more, it gets better. I mean, a big, definitely a big explosion in popularity in the last year due to COVID. But, um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's getting very popular and they're always going to keep making improvements, more tracks, more cars available on them and, and the, the hardware get, keeps getting better. So yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe one day we'll be able to get, you know, relatively inexpensively. I don't know. It's, it's still kind of a, a luxury item, but you know, getting full like motion rigs, you're not going to still get the full G forces, but it, it'll help, I guess. Yeah. I mean, they're God, I love those things. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they do. Uh, if we want to, we don't probably don't want to get too deep into that, but yeah, when you, they do some weird things to like simulate G force, but there's some things they can't do. Right. Yeah. Um, Because unlike flight simulators, though I don't expect most of our listeners have been in, you know, actual legit training simulators for that either, um, you're constrained to the ground. So there's just things you can't do. You can't simulate the same way. But I guess moving towards things that are more realistic, right? Mm hmm. Um, Something you'll definitely hear a lot too is go karting. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And there's there's sort of two methods you could do for that. Um, you can just go to a generic go kart place, right? Um, and I'm not talking about the carnival style, you know, five mile an hour carts. I'm talking about you know the the ones that have uh, a whopping five horsepower, maybe. But they're 30 miles an hour instead of five, so watch out. Yeah, yeah. But you can go to those. Um, and this is definitely real, right? You're driving a cart, um, though you will see some places, like sometimes they don't maintain their carts or they don't do all of them to the same level. So if you're going with friends, you know, you might get your ego hurt and blame it on the cart because, I mean, it's definitely the cart's fault. 100% of the time. <laughs> um, yep. There are some places that do better maintenance or more universal maintenance. You can find ice or electric carts. But um, I would say these places yeah. where you rent the cart are the next step up, you know? Yeah, no, it's 
it's crazy that every time I go to those places, uh, every cart I get into it is a slow cart, and every cart that everyone else gets into is a fast one. It's just yeah, it's, I don't know. It's bullshit. I don't know dude. how it's. I don't know how that's possible, but it's it's definitely possible. It's a hundred percent possible. Well, it's but, it's uh, happening, right? The man is holding you back. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just yeah. Every time I was like, oh, they got the fast one, so I jump in it, but they probably messed with it before I got in it. So yeah, yeah, they, they, or they, they wore out the tires or something you know. for sure. Yeah. Those tires that are designed to wear as little as possible pretty much <laughs> on their yep, polished probably. concrete floor generally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they just wore them down, dude. They, they too many heat cycles. It's just one too many. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a, <laughs> I have seen someone, uh, I don't know if this is a common thing, but, uh, what I saw was the uh, the throttle that's on those carts uh, apparently will only open the actual throttle, I don't know, 90, 95% of the way. So I did see someone who that's was a hobby of his at some point. He would just reach back and open the throttle all the way by hand. So he pretty <laughs> much had that NOS and the straights did so much more power. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I, karting is a blast and it's, it can be indoors. So it, the weather, per, you know, you don't have to have weather permitting to, to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's nice. And yeah, again, another fun thing to do with your friends. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, to, to take it to the next yeah, to take it to the next level. You could get your own cart, uh, or, or join a league or, or something, uh, yeah yeah so um once we talk about getting your own cart that makes it uh more legit right uh there's multiple classes and we can talk mm-hmm. about those carts in a second but um i guess just to start there's i don't know of any place that universally nearby at least to us will let you come in and drive your own cart on their car track mm-hmm. i know one place that sponsors a guy who races carts a lot, so they let him practice on their track. But if you owned a car, you could not go there. Um, so for mm-hmm. the most part, um, at least in our area, and I think it's it's not universal, but I think you're going to be hard-pressed to find places that will let you bring your cart inside. Uh, which really means you need to be able to go down south, right? Um, mm-hmm. The good news is with a cart, it's easy. You get a truck, throw it in the bed of a truck, and you drive on down. Um, so, yeah, it's it's not hard. Um, and then, you know, the, the truck rental is 40 bucks a day or whatever. So mm-hmm. uh, you don't need to have a truck. Um, but obviously now we're starting to talk about um, those expenses that we were so able, so easily able to write off with sim racing and for the most part don't exist, or at least not to the same level with, uh, renting a cart, right? Um, mm-hmm. now you're traveling to a track, so you still have the transportation costs, maybe a hotel, right? In this case, we're talking about the cold off season, so you're probably not going to camp anywhere. Um, you know, now you're burning through your own engine in terms of engine hours, your own tires, your own brakes, right? So it's all getting very real again. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So 
I guess the easiest way to mitigate that is to get a slow cart, right? They do have carts that you can own that are pretty much the same as what you'd rent. Uh, they're substantially lighter, but it's the same engine. So it's a Briggs that needs almost no maintenance. You know, uh, you just pull on the handle and you got five horsepower. It probably drinks two ounces of gas an hour, you know. Um, yeah. And because it's so slow, it doesn't really chew through tires. So you can you can start with a cheaper cart. Um, it's an L206 is what I'm talking about. Um, then you can also get all the way up to some pretty fancy carts, right? Yeah. I guess real quick to, I guess, go back to, you know, the local carting places and talking about like those leagues and stuff. So yeah, a lot of those, you know, you're using their carts, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but at least you can set something up where maybe once a week, once a month that, yeah, you're, you're doing a league racing other people and then you're doing it on, you know, someone on the you know place you're going to on their cart. So then you don't have to worry about that maintenance and everything. Mm hmm. So that can be a good kind of starting point, but of course, like we said, like you know, the cars can, the carts can be a little inconsistent, and and you know then you're just going to one place over and over. But uh, it's still good. I think it's still useful. And oh yeah, it's certainly still valuable. Um, just not, not quite as awesome. Yeah, it's, it's um, it's definitely, it's a good inter it's a good intermediate step before you have to start going crazy with uh investing and and stuff and you know traveling as far so but yeah and then but if you're i guess up north like we are the the limitation does become the weather so yeah you have to start looking at going down south so so yeah, like you said there you can start in those entry level classes that just use briggs engines pretty simple relatively cheap carts cheap to run and um mm -hmm. Yeah, and then you can start moving up to the the bigger boys like uh like you you just you just skipped right up there. Yeah, I did. I uh I I'll say recently because it was at the end of last season. Um but that also means it's been like 6 months. But I recently bought an X30 which is uh like top of the tier for the single speed carts. Um mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't know, it's sweet. Um, you know, so the the Briggs, you start with like five horsepower and it's a four stroke and you move up. Um, and this is like a pretty strung out two stroke, right? Um, and it's dope, first of all. <laughs> but, uh, like 20, what was it, like 25 horsepower or something? Yeah, mine mine's supposed to be like super built. Um from a guy who who builds X30s competitively at the national level, I bought it from one of those guys. So I might have like thirty. I'm going to just say thirty because that's what I want to believe. <laughs> it may not be, but certainly yeah. might not be after we just beat the piss out of it. Throw yeah, yeah. not not on that, track, that. just trying to tune the carb and yeah, <laughs> revving up to sixteen thousand RPM. Which is awesome yeah. for a single cylinder, by the way. But oh yeah, that was that was that was sweet. But yeah, I mean, so I bought this cart um, because one of the uh, the pro drivers I know uh, convinced me to do it. 
Um, this is what he has for practice in the off season. And this is actually what a lot of pro drivers use, um, for practice in the off season. So, and even during the season, you know, if there's a break, uh, you know, like right after Sebring, there'll be a bit of a break, you know, they'll, you know, they use these carts to stay fresh. So, uh, just to summarize real quick, we've gone from like a cart that you can use to try to stay sharp, but it's all low grip situation, whatever, to pros compete in carts, right? So there's a, there's a vast array of carts and types that you can get, um, Mm-hmm. But anyways, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's a two-stroke, liquid-cooled, but uh, depending on who you talk to, right, it pulls a, a lot of lateral Gs. Everybody says it's a lot, um, but just like the power ratings we mentioned earlier, some people just get exaggerated or they get excited and they exaggerate mm-hmm. how much <laughs> it can do. Um, I've heard two and a half, but... Um, but in all honesty, if you're not in the formula car, it is the most lateral acceleration anybody will get, you know, far more than a sports car. Um, so And, and uh, longitudinal, too, at least uh, acceleration-wise. Not, not as much braking with just rear brakes. But uh, yeah. although some, some do have the front brakes now. Yep. Yeah, you can get them with the front brakes. Sometimes the track will make you uh, add ballast, you know, to quote even that playing field, but yeah, so the definitely accelerates quickly. Um, and so one of the things that the driver who I was talking to, who convinced me to buy it was telling me is, um, this was right, actually right after, uh, well, I don't want to say after Corona cause it's still a thing, but it was right after they let, um, professional sports teams go back, you know? So mm-hmm. most people think football, but that includes racing. Right. Um, and this was the most amount of time anybody in the paddocks ever had off from racing since they started, you know, even the people who've been doing it for their whole life, they're in their fifties. Right. So, uh, I mean, I feel like that says something, right. The longest off period ever. Um, and this driver who was, you know, practicing in his X30 said he came back feeling the most prepared he's ever been. Right. So I think that's, that says a lot. Um, and you know, if, if you talk to him about it, he also mentions how quickly everything happens. Um, you know, and this is specific more to the X 30, right? Not the slower carts. Um, but that's both mm-hmm. on track because your speeds, uh, relatively high. Um, but also the way the car reacts, right? Carts don't have suspension, obviously. Um, so the inputs are much more direct and you need to be able to react to it a lot faster. So, um, you know, everything, you know, especially to compared to sports car racing, everything happens so much faster. You're, you're in an even better spot, you know, when you go back. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, those, those pretty much convinced me. And then, um, something else I hadn't thought about until you and I took my card out um, is especially with these two strokes, they really teach you to maintain that minimum corner speed. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you can attest, it felt like there was absolutely nothing, uh, until you got into the power band and then all of a sudden you're there, but you know, if you screw up 
Or in our case, I mean, we were driving around on old, you know, scuffed in slick Hoosiers in the wet. So, you know, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe it's not completely due to a lack of uh, ability in our in our case because we're so great. But um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you you can attest. Uh, you know, you're going too slow, and there's there's nothing there. So I feel like the card also really teaches you to corner speed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, like uh, I mean, carts are like the closest you can get to full on race car power to weight and everything. Like if you if you run the numbers, basically, a uh, an X X thirty has the same power to weight as a GT three car, and so you know you're it's a good it's a great practice for that. Like feeling those forces and and being able to react quickly, you know, at those higher speeds and everything. It's it's definitely really good training. Uh, another thing I noticed from it is just as far as uh, just strength training your like having good cardio and physical strength and everything is, is definitely needed for those carts. Cause they don't, I mean, you, oh, yeah. you're, you know, there's, it's very basic steering, manual steering and everything's just, uh, you're just getting flung around in that thing. And if you're like in, in our case where the seat wasn't really fitted to either of us, uh, it was a, it was a <laughs> thick boy seat from the guy I bought it from. Yeah, it was it was it was a, a big boy seat for sure and uh, and and so you know we were just kind of getting thrown around. We, we we had to hold on as 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 much as we were just uh you know just trying to drive the thing. So mm-hmm. um but yeah, I mean like the yeah, the forces, the speed, the the reaction time you need to have to to you know counter steering and everything and it's all kind of like you said, it's it's and it's it's way cheaper than say getting a Formula car or a GT three car and but being able to feel those forces and yeah, I mean, uh, it's, you know, we we talk about uh, you know we we talk about like you know Miatas being light and feeling so much better than most cars, but like <laughs> try comparing a you know twenty four hundred pound with you in it Miata to a was like three three hundred three fifty pounds with you in it cart. Uh, yeah. It, I don't think that's is that the way with me in it. I don't. It's got to be. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. Me either. But it's yeah. It's, I don't know. It's not heavy. I can pick it up. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, it's it. That's a whole nother level of kind of yeah of steering feel and uh, kind of direct feedback from the the road because you're almost you're touching your butt is literally touching the road (laughs) yes yeah i mean there are Uh, you buy frame savers which are plastic things that go on the bottom because your frames scraping so often so yeah so yeah i mean and it's not just a bargain compared to a gt3 car which most people can't afford Uh, it's a bargain for normal racing right so um i can get a set of slicks tires are about 60 bucks a piece so it's a full slit it's full set and they're real slicks right um some people in our audience might be able to tell this but the the slicks you buy for like spec miata are not the same quality as michelin race slicks right or pirelli race mm-hmm. slicks what they have in these pro series they're just not to the same caliber um, I know that by looking at data, um, from the race car and comparing mm-hmm. it, right. I personally have not driven on both just full disclosure. 
but mm-hmm. um, data says that they're vastly different. And uh, and I'm sure you can say that you know those Hoosier slicks um, and maybe to a lesser extent your your NASA boys um, mm-hmm. are supremely better than most 200 treadwear tires right so i mean i'm my consumables are a couple gallons of gas and if i burn through my tires which you don't do in a single weekend um 200 bucks in tires so it's a deal it's a good deal (laughs) yeah and uh yeah and it's still super fun, like all racing and, and you know, and that's, there's a reason why all the, the big formula and pro factory racer guys, they came up through carts. Cause I mean, one, it's the easiest way to get into as a, as a young, young lad, but, um, but also it's, yeah, it's, it's relatively affordable compared to everything else. And you get to learn really how to race at, at a really high level, uh, without going too crazy. Uh, with costs and, and, uh, you know, in your own time and everything, it's, it's easier to transport. It's, it's just, uh, it's, it's a, it's definitely a good way to learn. And yes, it's it's definitely easier to do that in the off season than, uh, try to find a track down South. You can, yeah, if you can find something place local, I mean, even, even some places around here, even the outdoor ones will run, relatively late into the season as long as it's not snowing or anything they'll they'll be there it's just gonna be a little chilly right but um but yeah i mean it's definitely a lot easier than trailering a car out somewhere and and spending a lot more on consumables and everything so um yeah it's 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 definitely a good good way to go yeah and i guess on the note of uh using it to learn um, right i would caution anybody if you're gonna just go from zero to a big boy cart like what i did get the i mean you know maybe get a rotax if you want right not as common as the x30 or i guess not as popular for actual racing as the x30 but um you know feel free to stay in that 125 cc two-stroke class but uh, maybe don't jump for front brakes and a shifter right away, right? So shifter carts, or some of them do, still use an X30 engine, right? So you might think you're just, you know, making it faster, which which you are, but in terms of a learning tool, um, you, you kind of diminish, diminish it when you add these other things. Um, certainly they add more performance, mm-hmm. right? They definitely do, but they're also sort of crutches. Um, you know, when you only have that rear brake, it's much more sensitive. You know, yeah, you're not going to be able to brake as hard, obviously, but it's much more sensitive to that transition and control um, going through the corner. And on a similar note, if you have the transmission, um, you know, for a shifter cart, it can hurt that forced learning progress we were talking about with the minimum corner speed, right? You screw up and you just shift down a gear. Um, it doesn't really punish you as much. So, you know, if you're going to go wild, maybe just don't go directly to the most expensive, you know, it'll Mm -hmm. help you learn, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, just, 
go go within your means mm-hmm. uh you know plan it out ahead of time so because yeah if you get this if you get one of those super fancy shifter carts and something breaks and then and now you can't afford to race it for a few months then you know that kind of eliminates the purpose so yeah exactly so yeah just plan plan to you know, have some spares on hand uh, be able to f- you know fix or afford to fix anything that happens and and yeah, have some fun. Have some fun racing, maybe all year round, and and keep keep those racing tools sharp. Yeah, no, it's totally agree. You know, and think of it as a just a nice uh, escape from this weather, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah. this driving south is assuming you're in the north, right? To drive south. So, you know, not only do you get to go race, but you get to enjoy a much nicer weekend, you know, where it's warm. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. And then I guess in the in the topic of, you know, uh, traveling for racing, I guess real quick, I'd like to go into kind of what my preferred method was, at least last year, uh, and that was arrive and drive uh, for specifically Champ Car. Um I mean, obviously, the the best way to to get uh, to keep sharp in racing is to keep racing. Uh, so in this case, I I just I was able to you know meet a lot of different teams through through the couple of years I was racing with GWR and at least uh, kind of at least get somewhat of a reputation that you know I'm able to drive quick enough and keep the car in one piece and you know, just start talking around and yeah, I was able to do a lot of, a lot of races. Uh, I did Sebring. Um, I did, uh, yeah, I've, in the past I've done VAR North. Um, yeah, just being able to have some people, you know, that you trust that can put, put a good car together and, and, you know, aren't going to charge you too much. And yeah, you can rent from them, fly down for a weekend, go racing and fly back. It's, it's definitely, pretty pretty nice way to do it yeah yeah i mean that's a good point you know i mean we we talk about our race season being short but um you know the series that race all around you know um race for most of the year and uh yeah you can fly down to florida and actually do exactly what we're talking about practicing for but since you're doing it it's probably the most applicable practice you can get so yeah, no, that's yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it's yeah, and it's just it's that's more about it's about meeting people and making good connections and you know being able to race with people you you know or trust and and uh, yeah, I mean if you're if you're new to it and you're trying to get into it, it, it might be a little more difficult. Um, but I mean the the place to start would be kind of you know all the different Facebook pages for you know, champ car, WRLER, all those types of series. Um, you can also look at, uh, the, their forums, their specific forums. They usually have kind of a putting people together type, uh, page where, you know, people will post seats that they have available as well as people looking for seats. So, um, yeah, that's, that's going to be your best place to start. Of course, you know, that can be the most risky because, you know, you could be racing with people that, you just, yeah, you don't know. And maybe no one else, you know, knows them and you just, you don't know what you're getting into. So, 
Yeah, they yeah, might be just, slow. <laughs> yeah, they might be very slow. But that's more my always concern is he yeah, has the car going to run the whole time. So right, because um, you know you can't get seat time if the if the car's not running. So it can be it can be frustrating to fly somewhere and yeah you know, not get really any time. So um, so because of that, I, I think I'd more recommend uh, sim racing, karting, those kind of things, things that you can be in control of um but it's still definitely another option um and it worked out for me at least uh last year i didn't do too much this off season uh, i didn't travel too much so they did a full spec me out of season last year and i'm gonna you know, do one a full season this year i kind of focused my budget on that instead of uh kind of adding extra arrive and drive so um so yeah i think uh i think it's yeah, it's just another. It's definitely another method, especially obviously if you live in colder climates that all the tracks are closed. Just find your way to the the warmer climates and like champ car races. I mean, they're they're off season really like a month because they, they race in December, like all the way to the end of December, and then the first race in the next year is usually or always road Atlanta, which is like the first week of February. So yeah, you know, really really no off season there. So yeah, I mean. I know Lemons runs all over, and I'm not sure about WRL and AR as far as how late they go, but and and how soon they start. But I think there was just a WRL race recently, so I think so. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, there, there's just uh, there's everyone's schedules kind of overlap, and you can usually find you know, find some some place to race almost <laughs> every weekend over the year, so. That's of course a, a very good way to do it. You know, nothing, nothing like racing to, to get better at racing. So that's right. Um, but I guess uh, another method that you recently picked up and we talked about a little bit is, at least this is kind of the karting of the biking world. Yes. But uh, yeah, mini bikes. Yeah, dude, indoor mini moto. So uh, I completely agree. It's the karting of the bikes. Um, locally, but I've actually seen places that do this around the, the States. So, you know, if you're not in Michigan, don't worry, there might be something near you, but, um, it's the competitive underground world of racing 50 CC children's motorcycles on indoor car tracks. And it's fantastic. Um, you know, similar to what we mentioned before with those indoor car tracks, it's like polished concrete. They don't really have much grip. They don't care about you having grip, right? They're just trying to save for their tires. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a great learning tool. Um, you know, it's it's a fun way to stay active in the off season, and it's cheap, right? So, uh, children, you just buy a children's you know dirt bike um it'd be a, if it was a full-size bike people would probably call it supermoto but you know mini moto right mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um yeah in most of these places you can go up to 150 cc indoors but at least locally the racing because they all we do endurance racing on these things um is only 50 cc bikes so that's what you buy mm -hmm few hundred bucks and you uh, just put some bigger bars on it so someone who's uh, 
taller than three foot seven, uh, can fit on it. Uh, put in the springs, some stiffer springs so you don't bottom it out because that's uh, not good. And then uh, go have fun. So, yeah, I mean, it just like carts. Um, yeah, I, I know I already said this, but it's it's a good learning tool, it's a great time. Um, and I think anytime you have a low grip surface, it's a great time to learn. Um, so this even yeah. goes to like racing in the rain, um, you know, potentially mm-hmm. during the mm-hmm. summer is, um, you just have to be more sensitive. You have to be smoother and, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it just forces that, you know, you will be slower, but, um, it's easier to screw up. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I and I love uh personally found these white wall tires that are dope. Put those on the bike. Um <laughs> and it's I think it's the tire, but doing this for me is it's so communicative. You know, you're in the corner, you can feel exactly what it's doing. And you can try new things, no one cares. You're right, you're three inches off the ground. Go for it. What's the worst that's gonna happen? You're gonna fall. You know, take that later line, whatever. So it's, <laughs> and it, you know, it encourages trying new things. And um, yeah, I think it's it's a competitive world. So it's a fun time. <laughs> and similar yeah. to those cheap carts, yeah. cheap, right? Like in that three-hour endurance race, you don't go through a tank of gas, which last <laughs> time I filled it up was a dollar sixty. So <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it does look like a lot of fun. It's a little out of my wheelhouse. I'm not a, a, a biking. I mean, I, I, I will bicycle, I guess uh, I can, I can be a cyclist at times, but, uh, not a motorcyclist. You got to try it, dude. I highly recommend. I mean, yeah, I got to ride it around my backyard. That was, that was fun. Yeah, it was. Um, I, and that that was before it was in full race spec, so I'm sure it's yeah, that was a right after it. now. Yeah, dude. Right yeah. now, oh, <laughs> you'd love it because I was going around your backyard. I was bottoming out that rear shock. I'm not really sure if it's a yeah. real shock, but uh, what happens when you do this is uh, the internal of that shock becomes solid, and all your load goes through there. Um, or that's your primary load path. And then the spring that you just compressed now unloads. If it was a real bike, I would have high sided in your backyard, but it's a children's <laughs> bike with like a 25 pound spring on it. So it's no event, but you can tell, you can feel these things happening. And yeah, dude, yeah. you gotta, you gotta try out for a race back. We got one more race slash practice day this year. <laughs> so come on out. Uh, maybe well, I'll think about it. <laughs> it's uh, that's definitely fun watching and seeing you guys do it. And um, yeah, I mean, it's because you know, full on six hundred cc or whatever motorcycle racing, I'm sure is much more expensive than uh, yes, it is a little mini moto. So surprisingly, I know. <laughs> but yes, it is. And. And maybe a little harder to just, oh, I'm going to throw in the corner differently this time. Let's see what happens. Yeah. "Eh." Also, yes. (laughs) Um, I realize that's not actually a shock, but 
Yeah, man. I just, I don't give a shit with the 50cc bike. What's the worst that's going to happen? Uh, yeah, it's much more nerve wracking on the 600 to do something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, which is some of the fun, yeah, it's a- but it's also nice to relax. So, <laughs> yeah, no, it, and yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point with the, the low, low mew or low, low, uh, grip surfaces. Just, it really helps just like driving the wet just helps kind of make everything more exaggerated and, you know, it allows you to, to feel the limit without really going fast at all. So, right. I mean, you, um, always, uh, you had a pretty good practice day. Um, where almost the whole day was in the wet. Uh, like when you first bought that spec Miata, how would you say that? Yeah, that was, that helped you prepare. Yes or no. Yeah. I mean, I think it was a huge help. Uh, first it let me feel the difference between kind of the, the, I guess, quote unquote slicks. I mean, while they are rel- somewhat slick tires, they're not, you know, like a full race look, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, but difference between the, the, the dry tires and the rain tires uh, in kind of damp conditions. Cause it, it was at, at times it would rain a little hard, but you know, when there was a lot of standing water, definitely the rain tire was the one way to go. But once it kind of stopped raining and it was just kind of a damp track, it was really interesting to see like, you know, which tire was the best. And I mean, what I learned there was, is that basically both of them are capable of the same lap time in a, in a kind of a damp condition. Um, it's just that the rain tire was just so much easier to drive on. It was way less edgy. Everything was kind of, uh, you could be a lot, it allowed you to be a lot smoother. Whereas the slick would just kind of break loose very unexpectedly and just make it a lot trickier to drive. Um, but it let me know that like, if I, if I see a little rain and come on the horizon, which, you know, there were a couple races last year that were like that, um, to know that I can stay on the slicks if maybe I, I think the race will be half wet, half damp, or even just damp, like there's no need to jump right to the rain tires. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also it, it, it just let me feel out the car in the rain and feel limit really easily. Try. I mean, I went off probably like seven times or something, just oh, yeah. playing around with it, finding the line. Um, it really, it really helped me learn gingerman. Uh, yeah, you went more off, than I've uh, ever seen it before at six a lot. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean because yeah, i mean the 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 thing i learned most about judgment is is the difference in the grip between the different patches on there mm-hmm. different asphalt and like the new versus old and it it i i've noticed it in the dry but i never put kind of two and two together until i was in the wet and i could see like certain areas i was like there was so much grip and then other areas it was like a driving on a sheet of ice so yeah yeah, I mean, it helped me learn the track better and learn the rain line there. Um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately it kind of culminated in uh, my first win, which was a, a wet or kind of a dry to wet transition race. And it really helped kind of having that experience uh, to get, you know, to to know what to expect there and uh, be able to drive the car to the wind there without going off. So, yeah, that's, yeah, I, I mean, mean, that's awesome, right? Being able to correlate it to a win. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that weekend was really sweet. It was, of course it was at Gingerman greatest track in the world. Oh yeah. Um, and, uh, they just, I think they had some, someone cancel. Maybe there's a private, there's like a private 
track day or something that weekend and someone canceled on them. So they just opened it up to the public and, but it was like last minute, like that week, like during the week it was for the weekend. And of course the weather didn't look so good and it was short notice, but I was like, let's do it. And so me and me and Eric, as well as uh, one of my friends who also got a spec Miata, we, we took our, we took the two cars out there and we just basically had the whole track to ourselves by, by Sunday. Uh, it was literally to myself. I, it was just me out there. Yeah. There was a, one guy who brought his kid in a spec 944 and his kid did like two laps. Otherwise it was <laughs> you solo all day, no run groups. It was, I mean, that was pretty sweet. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I forget it was like 250 bucks for the weekend or something. And yeah. And it was essentially a private, private track, track rental. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, it was awesome. So yeah, it was great. And, and honestly, I, I preferred it was in the rain. Cause I, I mean, at the end of the weekend, I had zero tire wear, zero brake wear. Mm-hmm. It didn't use nearly as much fuel as I was expecting. And, and I was still able to learn just as much as I would have, if not more in the dry. So I guess, you know, obviously you can't just seek out, you can't expect the weather to just always cooperate with you. If you feel like, you know, today I feel like driving in the rain though. But I think right. it's the, the moral of this story is when it does rain, don't just leave or don't just, you know, yeah. cancel your, your weekend or whatever, go uh, out there and, and figure it out. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I see a lot of people, uh, most of the paddock normally, um, will pack it up when it rains. If, if it's not a race, right. If it's some sort of generic event or track day, right. People just start leaving. Um, and that's, I mean, it's excellent practice, you know. Um, I've I've heard of, you know, I guess you should also understand the limits of your abilities, right? So when you'll be in the rain, mm-hmm. things will be much slower. You know, this is why we're saying it's a great learning time. But if you brought out your brand new Supra for a track day, and maybe it's your second track day and it's raining, Maybe don't bin your $50,000 car, right? <laughs> but if you show yeah, up or... with, you know, a race car or really I say every time you go to the track, you should be willing to write off what you're driving. And as long as you are, you know, that's rain or shine, right? So if you're willing to write mm-hmm. it off in the rain or in the shine, don't pack it up when it's raining because you'll get this fantastic learning experience. Yeah. And of course, you know, make sure you bring some rain tires with you. I wouldn't want to go out on full slicks and it's downpouring. Like that's just, that's just dangerous. Yeah. You're not really going to learn anything cause you're just going to be pirouetting down the straits. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, if, as long as you have tires with any tread on them and, and yeah, you're, you're willing to work your way up to it, take it easy. Don't just go, you know, go crazy in the first lap. Just, feel it out and yeah it can be great and that's so i guess you know to wrap it into another kind of off-season tip is unfortunately it's not as possible here but any sort of off-season test days practice days track days of course is always going to be beneficial too mm-hmm. um yeah you know, obviously it lets you maybe do do some setup work on the car and upgrades and that kind of thing but then also keeps you keeps you moving keeps you driving so again just always 
good ways, unfortunately, just not really accessible to us here in Michigan. But um, right. But what it, what is acceptable to us is other types of competition that would still go on. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I think the most applicable things we've already talked about, right? But in a much broader sense, um, generally, um, you 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 can read a lot of articles that say the same thing, but it's because it's, it's pretty true. Um, Cross training helps with your primary goal or hobby, whatever you're doing, right? So if you really like um, endurance racing, that's your thing. You're all about trying to get the national champ and champ car, you know, title. Um, Don't be afraid to go rally cross, right? Yes, it's not what you normally do, but it teaches you a whole different type of car control. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, you're you're still in four wheels and a steering wheel, gas, brake pedal, maybe a clutch, right? Um, it's still the same machine. Um, you're just learning different things about it. And I, I think cross training isn't something that should be entirely ignored, right? So if you like bikes, you know, go dirt biking or super moto, mini moto, right? Which we talked about, but ice racing. Um, and then on cars, they also have ice racing. Um, yeah. So that is something you can do up here. Um, but yeah, I mean, because Rallycross doesn't give a shit about the, you know, surface, I see them running in the winter. Um, you know, go try yeah. that. Yeah, even I think I've seen even autocrossing can go most of the season. Uh, that can be helpful too. Um, yeah, rally cross, rally, full on rally. I think they basically go all year round. Yeah. Um, that starts to get a, again, that's another big investment too if you're getting into that. But it's, it's, uh, it's definitely a good idea though to think like, oh, maybe I should build, you know, I want to, I want to spec Miata and I want a champ car and I want this, but maybe start thinking about, well, if I had like a spec Miata and a rally car, maybe I could do the rally car kind of in the cold months and then the spec Miata in the warm months. So, yeah. you know, then you're always having you fun to... and synergy. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess, uh, the other, other form of cross training, I mean, would be, uh, I think that's also really important is just regular kind of cardio fitness training. Absolutely. Um, I mean, uh, not even just off season, all season, ideally, but off season is definitely where you need to focus and so you don't, uh, lose all those gains. Yeah. I mean, um, cardio will, um, cardio is also known as the ability to lose gains. So <laughs> accept that if you're going to do a lot of cardio, but highly recommend it. Um, I mean, I'm, yeah, especially, well, I was just gonna say I'm I'm big into physical training in general, but you specifically, um, you know, you were racing, and then during some period, you started doing a lot more cardio, and then you were racing again, uh, and you said that felt hugely different, right? So you have a, you know, um, felt both, you know, not much cardio and a lot of cardio. Just give us your rundown. Yeah, I mean. I, yeah, I just got basically once, once the, uh, work from home stuff started, I knew since I, I looked at my step counter, 
<laughs> after like the first week and saw like every day I had like less than a thousand steps because <laughs> I literally just had to go from my bed to the office and back like right <laughs> and and that's it so I was like oh geez I need to I need to start working out or else this is not going to go well and uh and then at the same time I'm like well the you know race season's about to get going so you know it could really benefit me to to get in shape, especially for endurance racing where you're doing two hour stints in a really hot car, mm-hmm. maybe doesn't have power steering, like having, having just the ability to be able to do that can be obviously a big benefit. Um, cause you know, not your cool shirt or isn't always going to work or maybe the team you're running with doesn't have one. Um, and it can get really hot in those cars. And if, if that's the case, you need to be ready for it. You don't want to have to bring the car in early just because you can't kind of take the heat so yeah and that's obviously once you start fatiguing yeah once you start fatiguing it really slow you down um you know you're gonna start missing your break zones maybe even you you could potentially lead to an incident just because you're you're not able to focus as well as you did when you're fresh so um yeah having having good cardio uh good good fitness is is definitely really important so yeah i mean I started running and biking. Um, I, I really enjoyed both. I found biking was a little, uh, it's less painful as far as, uh, being able to do it long periods of time. Um, and you know, try to avoid injuries and everything. So I did a lot of biking and, and a lot of running. So, um, I enjoyed kind of doing both. It allowed me to mix it up, but yeah, I was able to lose some weight, which is always good for racing, you know, it's getting, inspect me out of there's a min weight so it's but you know i get to put the weight where i want it a little more instead of uh just on it in my belly right yeah you can throw it even lower in the car um yeah and as carol smith says so the easiest weight to lose is off the driver <laughs> tune to exactly. win everybody so, so yeah i mean <laughs> Yeah, it's it's so that's there's there's that benefit there, but the, I think the main benefit is just having that kind of physical endurance, being able to perform in high under high temperatures, high heart rates. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I've, I definitely noticed the difference, um, especially in I, I don't have a cool shirt in the Miata at the moment, and yeah, there was a couple races where it was in the nineties, and although they're twenty twenty five minute races, it's still really hot in there and you know my car's manual steering so just you know wheeling it for 20 25 minutes was was quite especially when in, in inspect me out of when you're you know, when you need to be 10 tenths basically the whole race versus right, right endurance racing you don't you don't have to go crazy every lap you know you just need to have consistent pace so yeah i mean it it was i noticed it helped and unfortunately i lost a little bit of those all that fitness over over the winter, so uh, I got to start working it back up for the season. But um, but yeah, I mean, I think even off season as well as just all season, any season, it's good to to really stay fit. I mean, it's and there's a reason why Formula One drivers are all definitely super fit. I know a lot of the uh, kind of endurance pro racer guys, so you know, people that race at Le Mans it seems like so many of them are into running marathons and triathlons and that kind of thing. They definitely yeah. go hand in hand. Yeah. I mean, they're all, all those guys are super athletes, you know, or at least the drivers getting yeah. paid are. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I, and yeah, just, uh, you know, being healthy is, <laughs> is usually beneficial for really everything in life. So it's no surprise. It's, it's helpful here too. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's generally a good thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, as, as you mentioned, um, there's a few studies that, that point out a noticeable drop um, in your decision-making ability as you get fatigued. Um, you know, and then moving outside of racing, um, depending on how tired you are, like, there's a few studies that say it's it can be as bad as driving drunk. Um, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. that's obviously on the highway, but, you know, you don't want to start getting tired maybe you're missing break zones you certainly don't want to get to the point of you know that level of fatigue on the racetrack um yeah so yeah i mean it it you feel better right because as you mentioned you're it's a high heart rate sort of thing um racing is um, but you also make better decisions you you perform better and even if you're fit there's a measurable level of performance drop from when you start to when you finish, um, generally. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, that's definitely, um, you know, key. And then if you're going to arrive and drive and you don't know how hard the car is going to be, uh, it's, you definitely want to be able to be ready for it. You know, I can't think of anything worse than coming in and, you know, if you were competitive, you're not anymore because you can't handle it and you just mm-hmm. let all your teammates down because you're not in enough good enough physical shape you know i mean that's pretty disappointing um yeah you know and then no, definitely yeah i mean it's things you can prepare for but you can't control right you know my my first day uh on track on a bike it was uh, like 112 degrees out it was one of the hottest days of the summer it was awful i was literally dripping sweat by the time I got my big leather onesie on and it <laughs> sucked. Uh, you know, I wasn't going to go home though, obviously. And so I went out on track, but you know, the harder you push yourself, the quicker you get fatigued. And then here it was the first time I was doing it. I'm going to say new muscle groups, whatever. And it was hot. You know, my helmet was soaked. Um, I, you know, I was blown past break zones and I came in, um, you know, supposedly the weekend before when it was almost as hot, someone didn't come in um, and he passed out from, you know, exhaustion and just rode straight off past the corner into the uh, arm cow. So not a good weekend. Um, So you want to make sure that you're always prepared for that, right? Whether it's going to be the car, maybe the AC brakes, you know, maybe it's Mm -hmm. your car and you have power steering and AC. And then it throws the accessory belt, you know, whatever it is, you want to be able to be ready for it. So I totally agree. Physical fitness is huge. Yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah, unfortunately I I need to get back into it, but uh, um, at least, at least the first couple races will be a little more forgiving because cooler temperatures, but right. Yeah. Once the heat starts coming in, yeah, it's definitely, and even just without the heat, just, you know, it's, it's a lot of work in those cars and, mm-hmm. uh, it, it just yeah, helps to be as, as close to your peak performance as possible. Um, you know, there's, 
there's some strength training you can do too. I, I think at least for endurance racing, a lot of it is cardio, but I mean, as far as strength, I mean, you know, neck strength is important, although, you know, not as important as like a formula one car. Yeah. Or they're crunching or walnuts with your neck. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, at least maybe do some, you could do something there. Uh, maybe not as important, but, um, and then, you know, arm, I think leg strength, maybe not super important. I think most people can push, need to push a brake pedal hard enough, uh, yeah. to get the level of braking they need. Uh, maybe more just arm, maybe some arm exercises could, could help, yeah, especially for those on non power steering cars. Most of the time I hear people complaining about their forearms before, uh, before their legs. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. So maybe but, if you climb up, otherwise, bunch, like I think worry about your break, but otherwise the forearms are the first thing. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think, um, I think that's kind of a good place to wrap up. Uh, yeah. If, I guess if, if any of you, you, uh, people out there listening if you have any suggestions or uh, things that you like to do hit us up uh, on our facebook or our instagram at motorsports tech talk um mm-hmm. we'd love to love to hear from you if if there's any anything we missed or or, or things that you like to do we'd love to hear it. we we'd love to learn um absolutely and uh of course it's it's also the best place to to see when new episodes come out and everything um, the other way is to follow us on the various, uh, podcasting, uh, networks, you know, Spotify, iTunes, uh, I think we're on Google as well. There's, there's one or two others. Um, but yeah, if you can follow us there, then you'll, you'll get the most recent episode every time we put it out there. So, um, yeah, but as, as always, thanks again uh, for listening and we'll talk to you guys again soon. See ya.